Welcome back to So Wait Pause, the podcast where we pair a good and a bad movie and get drunk while we do it. This is Ashley, and I'm with my favorite drinking buddy, Sean. Hi. Hey, busy week. But not in a fun way. No, not at all. We were recapping, and we're like, what have we done this week? And we're like, what? <laughs> yeah, for real. It's like literally all we've done. We haven't like done one exciting thing. Not really, no. Not this week. Our house is almost done. Kinda. We're closer than we've been. The thing that's really impeding me is backsplash. For real. The thing has taken weeks to try to figure out backsplash. Yeah, well, like, I knew, like, I wouldn't be able to choose anything until I saw the cabinets and the countertops in place. Because I didn't want to choose anything that would clash. I wanted to, like, you know, like, finalize the type of style that I'm doing. Right. Also, because everywhere I've gone here in Memphis to look for tile has nothing I like, I've been looking at stuff online. And then I run into two issues. One, I fall in love with something and it's about five times our budget per square foot. That happens in everything, in every aspect of our life. <laughs> it's true. You literally like, if you were one of the Avengers, your only superpower would be able to choose the most expensive out of a list of things. <laughs> <laughs> like Without seeing the prices. I don't know why, but like, I've literally, been I, that way. I could take like, 50 items and set them on a table and I'd be like, which one do you want to buy? And you'd choose the one that costs 90 times more than any of the other ones. It's true. I don't know how I do it, but it's so annoying. It's weird. The other problem I've run into is that I don't understand measurements. At all. So in the new kitchen, we have on one wall kind of a bar area. And I really want to emphasize that it's kind of separate from the kitchen. And so I want to do a really fun backsplash. And so... Again, it's really hard to find fun backsplashes on our budget. And I found the perfect one. I was like, my God, it is like I dreamt of the most perfect tile for the backsplash. And I drew it up in my head. And then somebody sold it. It was in budget. It, it It's perfect. And so our builder was here yesterday. And I was showing him the tile. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're going to die when you see this. And he like looks at it and he's like, I'm so confused. I, I don't even understand what this is. And then he's like, Ashley, look at the measurements. And he's like, it's two times the size of your floor tile. I can't put that on the wall in that space because it's not a very large space. Well, and here's the thing. Knowing you, I know for a fact you didn't look at the measurements. Oh, not at all. But why? You can't buy things like this without looking at the measurements. Well, I didn't. One, I'm going to be honest. I didn't really know. Well, it's not about like... I mean, I've been not watching understanding the measurements. It's about just like you have to look at them. Even if I looked at them, I would not understand them. I mean, you, you know, the differences between inches and. Yes, I like. OK, we need to make it very clear that I understand units of measurement. <laughs> well, then you understand how to read <laughs> measurements. No, I don't under understand how to visualize them. Like this has happened so many times throughout our relationship. One. I used to describe you as like 5'7". That's a big problem because <laughs> that's much shorter than I am. <laughs> uh, but like 5'7 a lot taller than me. But that's like below average height for a man, I think. I didn't know or that. Or maybe right above. I, don't, Again, I can't remember. I can't visualize it. I thought a person your size, what, 6'1", 6'2"? I'm 6'1". I thought 6'1 meant 5'7". But how? <laughs> because that's I can't visualize it in my head. Okay, well, and that's fine to not know heights like that, like, just by looking. But what's less fine is to not know the difference between, like, six inches in length 
verse 40 inches in length. But like literally I don't like I have a hard time conceptualizing an inch. Like and at my head a foot is way bigger than it is. Well here's the thing. We have this thing. It's a tool. That Sean, we own. I'm not going to wait I'm like, in our house. If I'm laying in measure. bed, if I'm laying in bed at 11 p.m. So- shopping for tile, I'm not going to hop up and grab a tape measure. No, but well, you should in a case like this. No, like I found the perfect tile. I went to sleep happy, dreaming of this perfect thing that I like. It was as if I created it. Yeah, but you wouldn't have gone to bed dreaming about it if you had picked up a tape measure. No, I would have seen it still. Well, either which way, I guess that that doesn't come in another size. They don't make different sizes of it. Unfortunately not. Hmm. And then I ordered like 20 samples of Backsplash that came in the mail. And again, the sizes got me. I got like one like hexagon tile that like is like the size of like five of my hands. (laughs) It's like larger than my face. (laughs) We do not have a house where that would work on a wall. I, I don't get it. I don't either. We've talked. We talked about how I ordered a tablecloth, and it was like for. It was like the size of a napkin. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't to know buy what you, that was for. I tried to buy you a recliner, and it was for a child. Again, you have to look. <laughs> but I just like I don't understand. I mean, the recliner is a little confusing because they didn't have any perspective. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, that thing was like I don't know four feet long when reclined. That's short. Hmm. Two feet shorter than my body. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, y- your whole body doesn't, like, lay on a recliner. Yeah, it does. I mean, like, your feet are supposed to hang off. By a little bit. Not by, like, <laughs> you're not supposed to have, like, your shoulders <laughs> hanging off and your, uh, like, calves hanging off. The one that we that I bought, because I do know measurements, uh, it fits. Like, it rests everything from the top of my head down to, like, just only my ankles are off of that one when it's reclined. Yeah. Yep, that's the difference with knowing uh, the difference in inches and feet, I guess. <laughs> that's the way you could put it. <laughs> anyway, I have high hopes by next movie night. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that we'd have Batsplash up, but no. that's, that's no ridiculous. No, I think that in the best case scenario, we have like two weeks. Well, in the only case scenario, we have two weeks. Yep, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true. Because we have to have the house appraised before we close. So, anyhow... So let's talk about our um, movie theme for tonight. I'm a fan of it. Yeah. So as we announced last time, our movie theme is theme park rides, specifically Disney theme park rides or like attractions, I guess. Not Mm -hmm. all of them are rides necessarily. But so what we're going with tonight for the good movie is Pirates of the Caribbean. We never looked up whether it's Caribbean or or Caribbean, but I'm, oh, yeah, we didn't. <laughs> we're going to say Caribbean because that's what I've heard when, when I was at Disney. Mm-hmm. For the bad movie, we have Tomorrowland with George Clooney. I think it came mm-hmm. out in 2015. Yep. We debated a little bit. I'm going to bring up to, I brought up at the end of the last episode, Country Bears. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come back to that in a second. Okay. There's a connection I did not know about oh, to Lord. these movies. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Well, I looked up more pictures of Country Bears, and it was terrifying. Oh, yeah. It's like animatronics. Like It's like Five Night at Freddy's or whatever, or like one of those horror-type things. It's more like Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, but terrifying. Right. But which like, is Five Night at Freddy's. Five right, Nights but like, at Freddy's. But, like, I mean, like, not even, like, the, like, bad animatronics, but then, like, like you know, like, the bad, like, you look like a human on the bottom, and then you have your huge oversized headpiece and, like... Or if you press a button, like the eyes blink, so you look kind of human <laughs> as you're walking around. Hmm. 
So do they look like uh, Brigsby Bear? Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. Hmm. Though Brigsby Bear talked from a cassette that went in the back of his head. <laughs> exactly. Who knows what's happening here? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, having Disney-themed movies, I should say Disney park attraction-themed movies, makes me really miss going to places like Walt Disney World. Yeah, we haven't been there for years now, but uh, I guess not oh. many people have been there for the last year or so. Okay, tell that to Florida. Well, they've been there, <laughs> but it's been they've been complaining about it, I'll tell you that much. And they're about to complain more because today they announced that they're requiring masks again. Right. I'll it didn't sure. last very long without mm-hmm. masks. Right. They had a mandate for a while, so right. I can only imagine the debacle that's going to cause in the Disney Facebook season pass holder group. Yeah, we should probably um, explain that a little bit. So it's been two years now, maybe. I think we described it before, but yeah. I don't know if we have. Maybe we have. If we have, I apologize that I'm making you re-listen to the same story. But about two years ago, I don't even know how I happened upon it. But I happened upon a Facebook group dedicated to to Walt Disney World. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say which group because I don't want to be killed. But it's a very large group. And it's people who are just very obsessed with going to the parks. And in my head, you know, like, I thought I'd be, like, cool tips and tricks. And, like, I'm really obsessed with Imagineers, like, like the people who, like, do all, like, the cool stuff at Disney. Mm -hmm. So I thought, like, maybe there might be some in there who, like, are posting, like, some cool stuff or something. No, it's mostly people posting, hey, how long do you think the wait at Space Mountain is going to be tomorrow? That's bizarre. (laughs) But these people go like every day, don't they? Well, a good group of them do. But I would say a lot of it is people who, uh, there are several people who post who are like, maybe they go like once every few years or whatnot and like are asking for advice about things. Right. I mean, in general, the gist that I got out of what you've shown me of that group is that it's kind of like entitled people who go on there to just like obsess about Disney and, yeah. and complain when they don't get exactly what they want at Disney. Right. I will say pre-pandemic, my running joke with this Facebook group was, I, ca- I call it people making up um, magical stories. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you had a number of those. Because it was like people being like, oh, my God, I experienced pixie dust today. Because that's what they call like when you have like just a magical moment because Disney is just such a special place. Right. Which it is. Like, I, I love Disney World. Like, love it. But I swear people were just going in there and, like, making up stories like, oh, my God, let me tell you this story today. I was walking and I saw a boy with a yellow balloon and I just felt it in me to go up to him and say, I love your yellow balloon. And he said, wow. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just laughing. You were picturing this in my head. (laughs) (laughs) but he's like wow thank you so much (laughs) i can't stop laughing thinking about it okay (laughs) okay so he's just like wow thank you so much for noticing my yellow balloon did you know that means i'm autistic (laughs) he's like nobody notices us anymore like everybody thinks that we're just weird but you notice my yellow balloon and that means that i'm gonna be okay and so then i went and i bought him another yellow balloon 
Yeah, okay, and this is a true story. This <laughs> that's, is, that's like almost a verbatim story yeah, this that is was in not, there. <laughs> not actually just making up a fake story. That is one that I saw that she said, that she showed to me. The other one that was similar to that was like, I saw a bummed out kid sitting on the side of the, like, of the park, like right. on the sidewalk in the park. And I said, what's wrong? And they said, I couldn't get the pin that I wanted. Because they're all like obsessive pin collectors. Yeah. Where you have the, your book of like, clothes pins type things yeah. that you put in the book and whatever. Yeah. And so I said, here, I got like three of them <laughs> and you can have one. And you should have seen the smile on that kid's no, face. No, they always look up to their parrot with tears welling in their eyes. <laughs> and then they look back at you and go, really? No one's ever done something like this for me before. Yeah. I mean, it's all this fake. It's, it's so fake. I mean, and I feel bad because there's definitely... I will say, especially pre-pandemic, no matter everyone's being hot and angry and, like, nobody's really enjoying themselves, you do have people who, like, will say and do things they normally wouldn't do, like, in a normal situation, like, where they will, like, just randomly talk to a person. Sure. And, like, you know, like, there is, like, this, like, idea of, like, sharing magic. Yeah, yeah. That happens. But, like, this stuff, and so, like, I know that there are real, like, smaller stories like that. Sure. But these are so many like pats on the backs, just like. Well, in there, in every case, the story is always like, "Listen to this thing I did that made somebody's day." Right. Um, and which is how you know that it's probably exaggerated. Right. But with the balloon story too, what's weird about that is like, imagine it happening. Right. Because what <laughs> happened is that this person, all the way across the park, saw a <laughs> random person out of like a hundred thousand people that had a balloon. Probably with a lot of other people who had balloons. Like, yeah, kids like, carry balloons. Like, Disney balloons are a huge thing. Yeah. And so, you saw one person all the way across from where you were, and you felt the need to go walk up to that random stranger and say, nice balloon. Right. Like, come on now. A similar story, and I actually kind of believe this happened. This was one from, like, two weeks ago. So, there is, like, this huge thing. Like, kids are obsessed with the balloons where it's, like, Almost like a, it's like Mickey Mouse head balloon inside a big clear balloon. Yeah, we saw some of those. Yeah, so we like went. that's like a, a, like kids go crazy for them. Mm -hmm. So this woman posted in the Facebook group, and she said that she's a pass holder and goes all the time, and she saw like a kid with like one of those balloons, and like they were like standing in line for like a like probably uh, I think they're like to get into a store on Main Street because right now during the during COVID, there are, like, you have to, like, wait in a queue to get to the store so not so many people are in there at once. Yeah. So, it's, like, something like that. And she said that, like, she was behind this kid that had that balloon. And she said, I love your balloon. Was it yellow? I don't know. But she said, I love your balloon. And she's like, you're so lucky. My parents would never let me buy balloons when I came as a kid. What? Uh, uh, right? How old was she? I don't know. Like, whose parent wouldn't let you buy a balloon? Well, I can imagine. Like, my parents were like, no souvenirs ever. Well, just Because sure. it's expensive. Yeah, like, it's just it's all worthless. Yeah. That you're just going to throw away. Uh, at, at the same time, I was about to say, why does why did kids want balloons? I don't know. Like, I would rather have, like, a toy as a kid, right? Or something they could keep. A balloon you know is going to be gone by the end of the day. And it's not fun. You can't play with it. Right. And, like, what do you do when you go on rides? You have to have somebody hold it. So, I don't know. Anyways, but she said this kid goes, oh, well, you can have mine and like gave her the balloon. Do you think that happened? I mean, maybe, but how expensive is a balloon? 
I mean, it does seem well, probably like 25 bucks. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong there, but I mean, maybe. <laughs> also, wasn't this a grown person? Oh, yeah, like older than us. Yeah, so giving them your balloon is, I mean, it's weird you had a balloon. <laughs> well, right? no, like the like, kid gave the adult the balloon to be like, I'm sorry, your parents never let you buy balloons. Oh, okay. So an, an adult was talking to a child who had a balloon. <laughs> yes. The adult said, this is we way weirder. The adult said, like your balloon, I could never have a balloon. When I was a kid, my parents would never buy me one. And then that kid said, here, you can have my balloon. And, yeah. she, and she took it? Uh-huh. That's weird. And posted a picture of herself with a balloon. That is so weird. You just took a child's balloon. That balloon is going to, it's going to fly away or it's going to pop. It, regardless of what, if it does either of those things, it's deflated in like a day. Yeah. You can't keep those balloons. There's a lot of balloon stories. <laughs> what is up with balloons? <laughs> They're not collectible or anything. It's not like you can deflate them and collect these balloons. No. They might not be poppable, though. Like the that Mickey one. I mean, maybe. Like, maybe you can keep those. Like, you can just, like, blow them up? No, I mean, like, they stay inflated forever. No, well, nothing stays inflated forever. That would be quite the technology that <laughs> Disney invented if, if it could stay inflated forever. <laughs> well, then. I mean, even a basketball and stuff can't stay inflated forever, let alone a balloon. Well, I mean, okay, maybe not forever, but I mean, like, like a couple weeks. I mean, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> a couple days? <laughs> a couple days. <laughs> we'll go with that one. Like, do you think those people are just pumping out those balloons every day? What do you mean? Like, the balloon has to get made. Yeah, 100%. So you think, like... They probably idea. sell a lot of them every day. I mean, yeah, that tracks. I mean, you can't just have a limitless number of balloons in a station that just stay there for a year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, in your mind, does the balloon stand at Disney World look, like, up? Kind and of. And they're literally just taking <laughs> these, these, like, limitless right, balloons. I love that money that there is a fucking balloon station at Disney World that looks, like, up. No, there has to be. But <laughs> but in your... <laughs> In your world, it's not because it looks like up. It's because <laughs> it is up. you have to have a million balloons because you blow them up one day a year. That's not what I meant. They mean. stay inflated forever. That's just not what I meant. Yeah, I mean, if that was true, that would be way cooler. Right? You're like, I would take the balloon from the child. Do we know any? I think we do know one we need, Imagineer. Oh, I, I, I did know Like one. Kevin Bacon style. Like, it's not. We don't know them personally. Yes. They were um, a victim of the pandemic layoffs, but now they're back, like doing like recruiting. Hmm. Well, we need to find an Imagineer and pitch the idea of an up balloon station mm -hmm. where the whole thing looks like up, mm -hmm. the, but the balloons make it look like up. Not that mm -hmm. it looks like up, like fake with fake balloons, mm -hmm. right? Like it can't be like ceramic balloons that are built into the building. Mm -hmm. When you blow up the balloons, it becomes up. Plus, you know what, Disney, if they have, if they put their mind to it, I bet they could in invent a balloon that stays blown up for a week or whatever. Oh, for sure. They already, I, I told you the other day, I read that article about how they um, somehow managed a way to get rid of mosquitoes. Oh, yeah. They're like in a swamp, basically, or mm -hmm. what used to be a swamp. And they have almost no mosquitoes because they literally researched for like mul multiple decades how to drastically reduce the mosquito population. So they have all sorts of like special um predators that they released like so they have special types of birds and things that like eat mosquitoes they keep them throughout the parks and like have things so that they'll keep coming back they uh, have like a special spray everything about it was intentional to keep mosquitoes away 
Wow. Which is why you don't get completely eaten when you're outside at night at Disney. Interesting. In comparison to some place like Six Flags, where mm-hmm. you literally come home and you're like sunburnt and mosquito bitten. Right. Well, interesting. Yeah. So, first movie is Pirates of the Caribbean. It is. Or Caribbean, whichever one. Yep. Prefer. How many Pirates movies do you think have been made? Um, so I know that there were the original trilogy, that's three, and then there was a fourth, I'm going to say six. I think it is six. Okay. It has been a long, long time since I've seen Pirates of the Caribbean. It's one of the few movies that I owned on DVD for a long time. The last time I saw any Pirates movie, I was definitely in high school. If not before that. Yeah, I'm just saying like, in the past 15 years, I know for a fact I have not watched a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Right. No, I mean, these movies came out quite a while ago. To refresh my memory on what this movie's about, other than just Johnny Depp being Johnny Depp. <laughs> this is so stupid. From Rotten Tomatoes, their only description is, thanks to the efforts of Jerry Bruckheimer, Gore Verbinski, and a shashaying. What are you trying to say? Shashaying. Sashay. Shashaying. 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 Sashaying. I can't say it. Can you, was it sashaying? Yeah. Okay. Oh my <laughs> lord. Sashaying. Man. Okay, <laughs> say it one more time. Sashaying. Sashaying. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're done saying that. Next one. <laughs> Johnny Depp. Uh huh. What was once just a ride at Disneyland has transformed into a blockbuster adventure franchise filled with swashbuckling high sea thrills. That, that's that's the description. So this movie, I saw it when it came out and I loved it. Sames. Uh, the original trilogy, I think, is pretty good. And it definitely revolutionized Disney movies in terms of like the live action Disney movies that they're trying to make into big, you know, series. It's one of the highest grossing franchises of all time. Yeah. Okay, I found a real description. Uh-huh. Captain Jack Sparrow arrives at Port Royal in the Caribbean without a ship or crew. His timing is inopportune, however, because later that evening, the town is besieged by a pirate ship. The pirates kidnap the governor's daughter, Elizabeth, who is in possession of a valuable coin that is linked to the curse that has transformed the pirates into the undead. A gallant blacksmith in love with Elizabeth allies with Sparrow in pursuit of the pirates. How much do you think the bot's office runs? Hi. I mean, I don't remember how much. Take a guess. I mean, for this one by itself? Mm-hmm. Domestic? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say like $160 million. $305.4 million. Wow, way higher than I thought. Yeah, it's really high. I mean, I knew it was high, but I also saw a thing today when I was looking at it that said it was the fourth highest grossing of that year. Mm-hmm. That's why I, I reduced it a little bit. Oh, wow. But, huh. 2003 was a... Well, Lord of the Rings came yeah, out the same year. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Uh, they actually intentionally released it around the same time as I think Two Towers, no, whatever, one of the one of the movies, not the first one. Uh, but they intentionally released it around the same time because Orlando Bloom was in both, and they're mm-hmm. trying to like right keep the hype going. Yeah, that makes to sense. get people to come watch their movie. Yeah, that makes sense. Which actually, Orlando Bloom's character, uh, Will Turner, mm-hmm. I read that like. All sorts of people. It was like with Phone Booth when I was reading, like, who was supposed to play Stu in Phone Booth or whatever. Right. And it was, like, every actor. Same thing with both Jack Sparrow and Will Turner. Mm-hmm. And Will Turner, I can't remember the list of all the actors that it could have been, 
but the one that like it came down to like two of them mm-hmm. and it was Heath Ledger and Orlando Bloom and they chose Orlando Bloom because they thought he was more marketable because he was already in Lord of the Rings. Right. There you there go. You. It could have been Heath Ledger, which also would have fit that role, I think, pretty well. Yeah. I'm glad it wasn't. Though. Yeah. I guess like the whole thing was written a long time ago. So at least like the right the screenwriters had the idea for it in like the 90s or something. Mm-hmm. And it's just like. It's not something anybody wanted to make because they couldn't visualize it. Right. So it went through all sorts of iterations of like, uh, at one point it might have been like a straight to DVD Disney movie. Mm -hmm. And at another point it was almost blank. Like it was almost, it was almost like Robin Williams cast as Jack Sparrow and it was going to be that type of movie. Mm -hmm. And then like they kept just kicking it down the road until eventually uh, it got to like the right people to be like, oh, this is actually a good script and we can make like a good movie. And then they went with this instead of making some really hokey 90s Disney live action about pirates. Right. Well, for the first time in a long time, we're able to use drink when as our movie rules. Yeah. We haven't used them in a while. I've missed them. Movie boozer, you've tried, but drink when is always better. So our rules are anytime someone says Captain or Elizabeth, anytime you see the medallion, anytime you see the moon, someone drinks or someone is slapped or knocked out. I think those are all pretty good. Yeah. I'm going to say that we also need to include a couple others. One being anytime they say parlay. Okay. Because I remember them saying <laughs> yeah, parlay a lot. And I remember gubna. Or that, that like really like cock- yeah. cockney accent. Yeah. We could go with that. Um, the other one I think he says all the time is savvy. Isn't that his like catch line? I don't I think he that. says like savvy a lot. Oh. Like do you savvy? But I don't remember. Real quick about the connection that this has to the country bears. Oh, God. So what I was saying before is like when it went through all of its iterations of like what type of movies is going to be and is it going to be straight to DVD or is it going to be like a real release Mm -hmm. and all that. It almost got canceled because the country bears was such a big flop. (laughs) So the country bears came out. The country bears was a flop. Yeah. So the country bears came out right before it and it almost like halted some of the production with it because it was a big flop i'm just so shocked that anybody was shocked that it was a flop yeah i don't know what they thought was going to come out of country bears yeah you have a limited market on that one definitely man but hey now we have you know a pretty good movie that spawned a whole bunch of bad movies exactly (laughs) well i am excited to watch this because i don't remember like any of it i remember it pretty well but one thing i didn't know was that Keira knightley in this was young Mm-hmm. Like under 18. I didn't know under 18. Uh, I think she was 17 during filming. Oh, wow. No, I didn't know that. Which also blew my mind because she seems like she's in her like mid or late 20s in Love Actually. Mm-hmm. But she had to have been in her early 20s if that. When did that come out? Let's see. Unless that movie came out later than I thought it did. Because if she was 17 in 2002. It really came out in 2003. So was she 18 in that movie? That would be weird. Because her whole role is about her, like, getting married and, like... She was 18. That is bizarre. She was 18 in love, actually. hmm She seems like she should be playing the role of, like, a 28-year-old. Yeah. Right? Because, like, the guy who she marries mm-hmm. looks a lot older than 18. Mm-hmm. And Rick Grimes, who plays... <laughs> you know, so the guy, the guy that ended up being in Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. Who's the guy that does the card scene. Mm-hmm. He... Way looks older. I mean, there's no mm-hmm. way that man's 18. Oh, no. When he's out there, like, 
trying to win her over mm-hmm. after she gets married or whatever. Yep. Well, okay. We ready to go see a child, Kiara Knightley, play not a child? Yeah, that kind of blows my mind. It changes my perspective of this because <laughs> she's a love interest in this for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. But she's 17 and then, oh man, and I did not know that. And love actually 18, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I guess so. Yep. I guess try to not be very attracted to Kiara Knightley <laughs> during... Right. <laughs> until the second movie. Right. When she would have been like two years older. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Shawshank. God damn it. Shawshank. <laughs> Shawshank. <laughs> I was going to like really impress you and like close out on it. <laughs> I, I don't understand it. Okay. Just one, one more time. Okay. You say it. Sashay. Sashay. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay. Look, this is turning into like, what's the one where, uh, you know, he's trying to teach the woman how to speak the movie. Like, like singing in the rain last no, week? No, 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 no. Oh. No, that's not in... Remember the whole movie, My Fair Lady? Oh, yeah. It's like that. Yeah. Where I'm trying to help you just pronounce regular words. <laughs> I mean, sashay. Was that it? Sash? Why are you doing it so weird? Because You're I can't, emphasizing every syllable. I can't get my tongue to work. Sashay. Sashay. Uh, the second one is what's really hitting you. Sashay. Yeah, yeah, that's not <laughs> it. Sashay. Yes. But <laughs> what you're doing is sashay. Sashay. <laughs> Shashay. <laughs> it's like you're turning into... Um, Sashay. Shashay. It's literally like you're turning into Sean Connery because you keep saying Shashay. <laughs> like <laughs> it's, like, it's like Sean Connery saying sassy is how you're pronun- pronouncing Sashay. Sashay. Also, isn't Sashaying something that's like in dance and other yep. things? Did you just never say it? I think I said it wrong. Was this a Dead Sea Squirrels situation? <laughs> no, like, I mean, like, I understand what the word is, just like I cannot get my mouth to say it. Well, Shawshank, and we will sashay away. And we're back from watching Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Blood Pearl. Yeah, well, and we sat trying to figure out the names of all the other ones (laughs) while we were watching it. We sounded like we had no business being at all a part of a movie podcast with how we're talking about trying to name the names of the well, I mean it's the names <laughs> of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies it's right. not a, I mean I've seen all of them the I watched the fifth one not that I think it was like 2017 that came out something like that I was I was thoroughly impressed by how much you remembered of this like you knew all the stuff I knew none of the stuff like, I remember most of the like, original I didn't, I didn't remember any of the plot yeah, I remember most of the original trilogy, but with the the most recent one with Javier Bardem, I watched that. I think you were on a business trip or something. I can't remember. But I uh, tried to watch it, and it was so, so terrible. Hmm. Uh, I think I fell asleep in the middle of it and then never restarted it because it was so bad. Right. Well, as I was looking at things, I found uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Pirates Code, Wedlocked, <laughs> which was like a short from 2011. I don't even know what that is. I don't either. I don't know if I want to know. No. So let's set the stage here. Movie opens up with a young Elizabeth Swan on a boat with her father. Played by Keira Knightley. Not her father. And the young girl is not played by Keira Knightley. No, but but Elizabeth Swan is her character. Because people aren't going to (laughs) know who Elizabeth Swan is. (laughs) So she's on the boat. And she's like, you know, solemnly, solemnly, solemnly singing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> uh, the yo ho yo ho song of the pirate's life for me. But it's kind of like like the TikTok version, where it's like, 
Yow, how, yow, how. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like creepy. Um, and then one of, I don't know the ranks of people. I don't think he was a captain yet. He definitely wasn't Commodore yet. But like the main guy who will say that Elizabeth Swan in the scene is maybe nine. Yeah, something like that. And this guy <laughs> is uh, like pushing 30. <laughs> like, Though he looks the exact same age when they go into the... He just gets the white wig instead. Yeah, but I mean, that was what everybody wore, no matter your age. So Right, but there's no denying that he was far older than her. Yeah, I mean, he had to have been because she was like nine in that older scene. It just doesn't look like he aged at all. Right. Because I'd say he still looks like in his mid-30s for the whole movie. Right. So, I mean, giving benefit of the doubt, we can say he's in his early 20s. Yeah. Still not really acceptable to be proposing to the 16 or 17-year-old. No. Which he does. So his proposal to her is really the impetus of this entire story. It really is, because I guess that's why she, she like passes out and falls, falls in the, the water. water. With the medallion on. Right. Which is what summons the Black Pearl. I guess I don't understand, like, where, does the medallion, like, call to them? Like, had they, like, just been kind of, like, cooped up somewhere, and then they were, like, sparked alive? No. They, I mean, they're clearly going around searching for it. I, right. I don't understand how that aspect of it works. With the majority of this movie, every time I had a question, I was like, well, why did they do this? They would almost always answer it within, <laughs> like, the next 30 minutes. Yeah. So it's really pretty well written in that regard. Mm-hmm. The only thing that didn't make sense was the medallion because it seems like it always calls to them. But at the same time, it seems like it only started calling to them when it hit the water. Right. Like, if it didn't hit the water, then it didn't call to them. Or that's what activated it calling to them. I don't yeah. know. That, that was weird. That's, yeah. the only, that's the only aspect that doesn't really get explained. Because then, like, the medallion, I guess, is taking out of the water because it was on like on, on a necklace. Mm-hmm. And somehow it's still calling to them when she's in her room Mm because they can like literally find where she is in the, in the town just by like walking toward it. So I don't know. That's the only thing that's, that's weird about this, the narrative. Right. Oh, that was really hard to follow. You already said that like the story was pretty well written. Yeah. So are the graphics. Well, the graphics are well written, but they're good graphics for 2003. Yeah. I mean, comparing this movie. So every aspect of this movie, the acting, the directing, the graphics, the narrative comparing it to the average 2003 movie it was pretty good like everything about it was good right the graphics are like a little dated but not much i honestly don't think like if you look at the graphics from the 2017 one i wouldn't say that they're like much better yeah i mean we've watched a lot of early 2000 movies some of them being action movies like this this is done very 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 well yeah, for sure. And the fight choreography is good. And the, I mean, like I said, the acting is pretty good from everyone. Right. I also want to give them props for um, using a real monkey for Barbosa's monkey. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, this is, like, in the age where, like, it started to become pretty commonplace to start trying to, like, CGI those types of characters and not, like, try to use real, right like, animals. But they did. You know who I forgot was in this movie? Who? Zoe Saldana. Oh, yeah. And she was pretty young. I don't think she had done too much before this. No, because I remember she was in something not that far after this. And I remember saying that's the girl from Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh-huh. But like, I did I did not re- remember that memory until she popped up in the movie. Right. I also vaguely remember her. I can't remember if it was after 
because she's in the Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yeah. I think it was during an interview during that where she was talking about how she got her start in Hollywood. I don't remember. I don't remember where I read it, but I'm pretty sure that she said that she didn't really enjoy working on Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And it's not like she was like one of the main stars, but she's right. a she's an, a person in it. She's not an extra. Yeah, she's right. like a, a I wanna, character. I want to revise my statement. The first thing I ever saw Zoe Saldana in was Center Stage, which if you are a millennial girl, you know that movie frontwards and backwards. And she plays a character in that. Mm. And then I remember when she popped up in Pirates that I was like, oh, that's the girl from Center Stage. Right. And then she popped up in something later and I said, that's the girl from like Center Stage and Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh I don't know what Center Stage is. (laughs) It's on the list of things to come before you. Huh. You'll hate it. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. But yeah, like I was saying, I think I read an interview where she said that she didn't like this and like almost dropped out of acting because of it. Oh, interesting. I think it was just like, I'm I'm vaguely remembering this. I think it was this like, it was too corporate and too like, the way it was like all run and produced was mm-hmm. just like too much. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because then she goes back and joins like the MCU right. <laughs> and Disney in the most corporate and, right. <laughs> and like overdone <laughs> right. thing ever. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's funny because, like, we mentioned how I have a fascination with Disney World and Imagineering and stuff like that. Like, like, it just makes me think of, like, I watch, like, the videos of them doing the filming for, like, the new Guardians of the Galaxy ride at Disneyland. Mm -hmm. And, man, talk about hokey. Like, I could get, like, putting on green makeup and, like, doing stuff for, like, a full action movie. Doing that shit for... uh, 90 second ride and it being so hokey that would be like the hardest thing you get me to do as an actress yeah well i guess johnny depp did it too at least for the audio of his animatronic that's at disney world right so we i just want to address that elephant in the room i guess we've never talked about it on the podcast but i'm a very anti johnny depp person mainly because of his personal life in the past few years and so like i have tried very hard to not support things that bring him money I'm not going to say a but with this. All of that aside, this was excellent acting from him. Yeah. I mean, that's the hardest part with all these people mm-hmm. who where this stuff comes out. And it's almost everyone at this point. It, not to varying degrees. Mm-hmm. Like, what they do is of different levels of things. It's just like, at, at some rate, it's like everybody is going to have something. And his case is worse than the right. average person. But, like, it's just like, it's everyone everywhere. But it's so interesting to see, like... His acting in this movie was truly just, it was great acting. Like, it was very great timing, expression, and everything. But, like, it's so crazy to think that by the end of the franchise, like, he was paying, like, somebody, like, $40,000 a day to, like, read his lines into his ear because he didn't want to memorize the script anymore. Yeah, I mean, it makes no sense. It's just, like, I guess someone who made too much money and then got lazy over time. Mm -hmm. But also, like, his acting isn't this level of good in a lot of the other things he does. No. Like, him as Grindelwald or whatever. No, I think that, like, we were sold a false bill of goods. He somehow just really embodied this character. And then we decided that he was going to be a really great character actor. And he never really lived up past this. Like, I think we like to act like he did. Mm -hmm. Because we put fancy makeup on him and let him, like, act like a weirdo. But he never really did anything as good as he did this. Yeah, I don't know, because I, I can't even think about... I can't really come up with the other big roles he had, other than, like, Alice in Wonderland, which Willy was Wonka. horrendous. Yeah, Willy well, Wonka also. Willy Wonka... Well, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, sorry. He wasn't terrible in that, 
the movie itself was not nearly as good as the old one. He was not like what was wrong with it necessarily, mm-hmm. but I but mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't call that performance anywhere close to this one. No, definitely not. No, no, no. But him as the Mad Hatter, way worse. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, it was so dumb. Everything about it. But that was just a horrendously made movie. And then right. he got like a second one. He was in another mm-hmm. one of those movies yeah. as the same like weird looking Mad mm-hmm. Hatter thing. But yep. like terrible. I, again, it's Grindelwald. He's fine. Mm-hmm. But like he's barely in the first one. He just transforms at the end. So it's like mm-hmm. somebody else doing better acting than him. Who was it in that one that played the original? Remember, because he's like he looks like someone else. Oh, um, Colin Farrell. It was Colin Farrell. That's yeah. who I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. Tied, so it tied to last week. Um, <laughs> yeah. So then, like him in the most recent one, the second Fantastic Beast. I just mm-hmm. didn't think his acting was like particularly great. That's not. He phones um, it in. Yeah, well, obviously he does because he <laughs> literally like, really phones, phones it in. Has like an earpiece in. Yeah. <laughs> the last thing I wanted to say about this, like, I had like this realization in like the last quarter of the film that this, I think, was one of the most successful family-friendly ghost stories ever done. Yeah, probably like, so. Like, because I remember when, like, I mean, I was like in middle school when this came out. I think. Yeah, I was in middle school. And I remember, especially when you first see the Pirates of Skeletons, Mm -hmm. I remember, like, having, like, a moment of, like, like, it kind of scared me for a second. Like, Mm. not, like, true, like, horror scared me, but, like, had, like, a moment of, like, ooh, that's kind of scary. Right. And then I was just thinking of that. I mean, we're joking about the part where earlier, and it's like, you better start believing ghost stories because they're real or you're Mm -hmm. in one or whatever. Right. But, I mean, you tie that through. I mean, really, it is. I mean, it's a ghost story. And I think it's a really, really successful ghost story that has a good story and is family friendly, but also like keeps its integrity as a true ghost story. Yeah, I agree with that. I can't really think of any other family friendly ghost. I mean, so I can like House with a Clock on Its Walls or whatever. And like um, the Goosebumps movies that came out. And Sure, but those all rested on the po- shoulders of something like this. Right. What was the other uh, scary stories to tell in the dark? Right. Which ended up not yeah, being very good. Not good at all. Uh, it wasn't as bad as it could have been. But, but it, it also was... wasn't aimed to be like a family friendly type thing. I mean, I think it was. I mean, it was PG-13. Yeah, but this is PG. Was it? Yeah. Huh. Uh, yeah. Well, so, I mean, this definitely reached a broader audience. I guess Haunted Mansion. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I don't think that a Haunted Mansion yeah. was. Uh... Trying to be a ghost story either. Haunted Mansion was 100%. It was uh-huh. way more of a ghost story. <laughs> Okay. The whole thing a is about a house one. of ghosts. Okay, not a successful one. Okay, there we go. But we can argue about the successful part. We can't argue about whether Haunted I, Mansion was more or I, less of a ghost story. I agree. Okay. I think this is a really good nuanced ghost story. Yeah. I enjoyed drinking to this one. Yeah, the rules worked well, and my parlay rule worked yeah. very well. So definitely <laughs> keep definitely that one the in. the best one in. The one that I love that we added was um, whenever there was, like, a scene-for-scene scene recreation of the Pirates ride at Disney World or Disneyland. Yeah, they do intentionally um, put in scenes. And I mean, like, like shot for shot. Like, so that was fun, like, spotting those and drinking to them. Yeah, they have a lot of those. One thing I was also thinking about throughout the whole movie, so every time Jeffrey Rush was on screen, I just kept thinking... If only Jeffrey Rush could give Ashley speech lessons, like in the King's speech. So say. <laughs> you still didn't do it right. And you were trying. I was like, I like, took a deep breath. So <laughs> say. No, we're done. We're not doing this again. So say. That's kind of it. Kind of close. 
We're, that, we'll end on that one. Johnny Depp is a sashaying pirate. No, you, you messed it up again. Oh, God damn it. Okay. Yeah. Also, Jeffrey Rush, good actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that he was really good as Barbosa, and I remember yeah. him being good in the other, in the second movie too. Mm-hmm. Don't remember if he's in the third one or not, but I know he comes back. Maybe he comes back in the third. I can't remember. I which. have no memory of any of this. Yeah, he does come back though. I don't exactly know how, but we did find out that um, this movie had a post-credit scene. I don't remember if I stayed to watch a post-credit scene in theaters. So I remember that post-credit scene. I haven't seen this movie in a really long time. And it might. this is a movie I saw more than once in theaters. So uh-huh. it might have been like I heard about it after my first viewing and then stayed and saw it. Yeah. Which is kind of like what was happening with Marvel. Like when Marvel first started doing post-credit scenes, we weren't staying until like the like, second or third time they started doing it. With the Marvel movies, uh, I don't remember. It might have been Iron Man 2 that started the post-credits thing. I don't mm-hmm. think there was one in Iron Man 1. Because I think Iron Man 2 post-credits uh, then started showing Thor's hammer. I think that mm-hmm. was that one. But yeah, in that time period, though, we already were using the internet way more often. So it was like easier to find out that there was a post-credit scene. Right. In 2003, I cannot imagine I would have stayed to yeah. watch the credits. Right. And I definitely wasn't the person to just sit in a movie like that after mm-hmm. it was over and just sit around. I know we've talked about it, but I can't remember if it was on the podcast or not, that like, in like, before you were able to drive, like being at the movie theater on a Friday night was the place to be. Uh huh. I remember like after like a movie was done, like if like 20 of us went to go see a movie, like we would kind of stick around the theater as credits were rolling. So that could be a way that we did see it. But man, the front steps of what is the movie theater train that we had? Was um, I never heard of Malco before we came here? It's only in Memphis and yeah. like the mid south. Yeah, I don't remember what it was, but all, on the front steps of those in Daphne, Alabama, that was a place to be on a Friday night if there wasn't a football game. Yeah, I mean that's when we would finish a movie, we wouldn't stay in the theater. We'd go out to the outside or to someone's car or something mm-hmm. like that to like talk before we had to go home. Mm-hmm. And then if they were shooing us off the steps of the movie theater, we'd walk on over to the Barnes and Noble. The only thing in the parking lot, so originally it didn't really have much, and then it had a Sonic. Mm-hmm. That was a big deal, because then people could go like to Sonic after mm-hmm. the movie. The only other thing, I think there's a Mexican restaurant across the street, and then maybe one other thing, I can't remember what, but nothing like a Barnes & Noble, though. <laughs> what are you rating this movie? Um, so this movie was pretty good. I, it was almost as good as I remembered it being. Mm-hmm. It did drag on a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and having seen it so many times, like that didn't help that it was a little bit longer of a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say like an 85. Okay. Because I think, I mean, it's a solid movie. And I tried to pick it apart the way I would do with all these movies, and it kept rebuking me. <laughs> yeah. Literally, like I would be like, uh, plot hole right there. And then it's like, nope, that's not a plot hole. They <laughs> right. fill that in. Right. Yeah. So I'm at 86. So. I definitely thought I was going to be in the seventies when going into this, but I mean, it was really good storytelling and really good acting across the board. Even like the silly moments, like I wasn't really even making fun of anybody, like we normally do in a bad movie. You know, like right, everything was pretty good. Well, and this is a case where over the series it gets worse. Yeah, but this movie itself is pretty good. Right, and I think this is one of the stronger of the first trilogy, and Agreed. then the movies after the trilogy are really bad. Agreed. The third movie I remember being really weird and not liking it as much, but I don't remember as much about the third one. Right. I've seen it less, of course, than I have seen, you know, the first one and second one. Right. So let's go ahead and transition into our next movie. So we have Tomorrowland. 
a movie I've never seen. A movie I really didn't know that existed until last week, if I'm going to be honest. So the the synopsis of this one is, whenever Casey Newton touches a lapel pin with the letter T on it, she finds herself transported to Tomorrowland, a city filled with huge robots and sleek buildings. The gifted young woman recruits the help of scientist Frank Walker, which is played by George Clooney, a previous visitor to Tomorrowland, who years ago made a startling discovery about the future. Together, the two adventurers travel to the metropolis to uncover its mysterious secrets. That doesn't even... Is that a movie plot? Yeah, it's really hard for me to tell what this movie's about from that. Yeah. That's going to make it hard for the shot in the dark. Well, I know what my shot in the dark is going to be, but let's go to the um, the drinking rules first. So for this one, we're having to use real drinking games, which we've used several times. They have a ton of rules, so I am just going to pick and choose a few of them. We're going to say when Casey touches the pen, because mm-hmm. I just heard about that, the, the pen is shown. There's a flashback or flash forward. And there's a wide shot of Tomorrowland, and they say future girl or pen. Okay. I think that works. Yeah. I mean, again, I haven't seen it. And your uh, description really didn't provide too much detail. Yeah. I mean, like, I felt like I was reading, like, a brochure about something. Yeah. <laughs> Not the like trailer, too. Like, the trailer is kind of what you said. Um, yeah. So I don't know much about that either. I have high hopes from the trailer that this is going to be a good, bad movie. Yeah. I mean, it looked like it could be entertaining, but it, there's some laughable things in the trailer itself. Right. So I think I think it could be good. Right. It's a... I mean, trying to be more serious, I think. Yeah. It's not like a comedy or anything like that. Right. So, you are shot in the dark. What are you going with? So, I got the idea from Pirates. It's definitely going to happen, but it's going to be a lot harder for us to pinmark when it happens, which is it doing like a shot-for-shot creation of something into Marland at Disney World. Uh-huh. I don't think like they're going to go like on Space Mountain. Mm-hmm. If they do, we're taking a fucking shot. But, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I know the Disney parks pretty well, like, the back of my hand. And I feel like I can, I, I can like, close my eyes and visualize Tomorrowland at Disney World very, very well. So, like, if there's a people walker. People mover. People mover. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. That I can see that existing. I mean, I think it's going to happen. I just think um, us, like, pinpointing it, it will be the hard part. Yeah. Mine, so, because I don't know much about this, I had... So here are my two that I'm debating between. My first one was that if there's any, I don't think they're going to reference Walt Disney, but I think they could do like how Marvel sometimes does, like in the comics, where you reference like this figure mm-hmm. that everybody could assume is maybe Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like yeah. this society was created by like the original, right? Like whatever, right? And like, and it's they're just describing kind of right. Walt Disney, but right. they moved made him in the universe. Right. Or like they describe, because I mean, like Disney World, like Tomorrowland at Disneyland and Disney World was literally Walt Disney's vision for the future. And that's why I thought maybe they could be referencing him. Like he's the founder or like something, Mm. like there's some, I don't know what, but. (laughs) Bonus points if it's Tom Hanks. (laughs) (laughs) So that's one of my guesses. Yeah. I, I don't know. My other guess, though, is because you said that George Clooney is a scientist. Mm-hmm. If there's a scene where someone's about to, like, touch something and he's like, no, you can't touch the, the jibber jabber. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, that'll blah, 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 blah. Right. Like, if it's a scene like that. Right. No, I think that's a great one. Yeah. So, so we'll we're saying and, all three of those? Yeah, we're going to go with all three just because 
The Walt Disney one, I think, is un- unlikely to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they're going to like directly reference Walt Disney, but if it's like I said, they probably won't ever use his name. If it mm-hmm. does happen somehow, it would be how I said, where it's more like an homage to like you know. If they say Walt Disney specifically, we're doing the hard stuff. <laughs> what is the hard stuff? <laughs> well, because I know that nor- like tonight I'm planning on taking. We have this really good espresso. Uh-huh. Um, not necessarily liqueur, but it's something necessarily whiskey. It's, a, it's some type of liquor that's espresso flavor, and it's delicious. So that was my plan, shot in the dark. If they say the name Walt Disney as a person, mm-hmm. we're doing Jameson. Okay. Do we yeah. have Jameson? I thought we did. I don't think we have Jameson. Oh, uh, we have some. I think we beer. drink it all. Well, we have something hard like Jameson. Oh, I bought a new bottle of Whistle Pig. No, not not Whistle Pig. It's uh, the, whistle the, whistler. Pig. the Whistler. I wish it was we wouldn't do shots pig. of Whistle. We wouldn't do shots of Whistle Pig. That's way too expensive. No, it's called the Whistler, which is a really great honey whiskey. Uh, it is. It's really great if if it's and we put it wherever in our, you are. We put it in our Irish coffees. Probably said it in our first episode, but second movie, we always start with an Irish coffee. Yeah, almost every time. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're really having to improvise. We call it bathroom coffee because we had bought a Keurig and it's in our bathroom. Yeah, I feel like I'm in the Civil War when people were making coffee out of their socks. You're definitely not <laughs> in the Civil War using your sleek, modern Keurig machine. <laughs> yeah, but, it, you know, you can't use regular water with it. and It is what it is. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Well, I'm excited to go watch this. It's going to be effing long. Yeah. Okay. All right. And we're back from watching Tomorrowland. I will tell you that I wrote a note at one hour and 30 minutes in, and it says, what is the plot of this movie? It was really hard to keep track of because, one, this movie is really long. Mm -hmm. Two, it's a little boring. It's super boring. (laughs) There's definitely plenty to make fun of in this movie, so it's Mm -hmm. not like a bad... It's not a bad, bad movie. <laughs> it's not a good, bad movie. It's not a bad drinking night movie, necessarily, except for the length. Yeah. Which is something that's true of all bad movies. You shouldn't yeah. choose a bad movie that's two and a half, three hours long. Right. You know, if you want to get into choosing good and bad movies. Yeah, when we write our book on the method of choosing good and bad movies. Right. Tip number one. One problem, I think, that made it a little boring is that the whole movie was like like a montage of cliches. Yeah, and like as I was sitting down, I was like, okay, we gotta quickly recap what the movie was. I can't do it. There's a pen, like a like a lapel pen, and like if you touch it, you go to Tomorrowland, which is a land. It's in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they didn't really do like a great job explaining how this universe works. There's some issues that are very confusing. When you touch the pen I guess they do explain why this happens, but it, even in the trailers you see this. When you touch the pen, you are transported to Tomorrowland, uh, and you can like see it, and it, and it, I guess feels like you're interacting with it and whatever. But like, if you are moving, you're moving in real life too, so you can't see your real life surroundings. Yeah, that was real stupid. So like, it feels like you're in a wheat field, and if you walk too far, you'll like slam into a wall mm-hmm. if the building that you're in has like a wall within like ten feet or something. Right. So that's a very strange aspect of it that you can't move around sometimes. Sometimes you can. Sometimes you can't walk around Tomorrowland unless you have like a wide open space to walk through. Mm-hmm. That's that's weird. So they do give some explanation later on, which I won't spoil if you want to mm-hmm. like 
watch this or whatever. But even the explanation doesn't really make sense because why would anybody make a technology where you have to have like a limitless open space to be able to use it? Yeah, and it doesn't track. Yeah, that doesn't make any sort of sense. So I don't know. I couldn't really understand the relationship. There's like a little girl who has some relation with Hugh Laurie. He's just randomly in the he's movie. Like, he's like the mayor or governor of Tomorrowland or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. Didn't really understand their relationship. Yeah, and it's a little bit of a spoiler, but this like little girl is actually a robot, and at some point, like they're supposed to be almost like romantic tension between her and George Clooney, but yeah. it's a child. <laughs> yeah, and they do explain that too. So yeah. again, not to. I don't know if that's a spoiler or not. Okay, so here's the thing. This little girl is there at the very beginning, and she's also there later. Mm-hmm. And the little girl, she's helping people like see Tomorrowland by giving out those pens and things like mm-hmm. that. At the very beginning, George Clooney is at like a World's Fair-ish science expo. And it's him as a child. Yeah, it's him as a child. And I will say, the child after they got to play that just is really uncanny George Clooney features. Yeah, that's true. But that's the first time that he meets her and Hugh Laurie, for that matter. Mm-hmm. And then you see a whole thing about, like, how he winds up in Tomorrowland, and then he is her age, or whatever her age should be. I guess she's a robot, so she doesn't have, really have an age. Right. But he kind of, like, has a crush on her, and she has a crush on him, maybe. And then the issue, though, is that then they come back to that later in the movie when George Clooney is now George Clooney's age, mm-hmm. and she is still a little child. And so they have this whole thing where, like, when they reunite, it's clear that they still have a crush or they're remembering their crush. But now George Clooney's, like, 50 years older and she's still 12 or something. So that's the weird part of it. There are multiple scenes where it's, like, you question whether they're going to kiss. It it made me just really (laughs) uncomfortable. Yeah, that. I mean, that's really, uh, I don't know. There's nothing very redeemable about this movie. That's one part that makes it even weirder. Yeah. That's not like a plot issue. The plot issue that I had, though, is that George Clooney, when he's a child, obviously can only speak cliche statements because <laughs> I wrote it down at the beginning. You know, he has built like a jetpack that he built himself mm-hmm. or whatever. And he's taking it to the science expo, which I don't think that's how this works, but whatever. So he went there and it's basically like a montage of him saying things like, anything is possible if you set your mind to it <laughs> you know like that type of thing right and then people being like well it looks like you have a jetpack that doesn't work and him being like but if you give me time like the sky's the limit right like that type of thing <laughs> then they cut from that to a completely off the wall like a scene that comes out of nowhere where he's now back in like kansas or something mm-hmm. that's not where this expo was but now he's back in like a kansas farm And it immediately goes from literally like second after second. One second, he's there saying like, the sky's the limit. You can do anything you set your mind to with science. Mm -hmm. Then he's back in Kansas and his like alcoholic father is like, you can't do anything. Like you shouldn't Mm -hmm. be doing science. He's like, you're never going to build a jetpack. Yeah. Like literally like putting him down. Yeah. Which he already built a jetpack, but you know, like whatever. But I don't understand. Again, it was like it was like a montage right. of cliche scenes. So like that is a scene that exists in in movies, right? Like the mm-hmm. the stern father who doesn't believe like that you can do your science experiment that right. you know you should do some like work on the farm, right? Um, but it comes out of nowhere, and you never see that father again. So it's not yeah. like that father had a role, right? It's just to show like, well, 
there it was, exactly what you expected. Right. <laughs> so I don't know. That father, though, however, was not even the worst father. The worst father was Tim McGraw. <sighs> Tim McGraw. Think about it this way. Imagine that you're a casting director, right? And they're like, here's the character. He works for NASA. He's an engineer. <laughs> he builds rockets. <laughs> and they're trying to shut down his rocket launch pad. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> right, understand. Like, right. we're no longer going to space. You know, that's, right. the, that's the critique or whatever. And like, so where he had been testing out his rocket stuff, uh, that's closing down and he's not going to have a job anymore. At least not going to space. And so imagine that you need to fill that role. And so they're like, who would be the perfect person who seems like a NASA engineer <laughs> who raised like an absurdly smart child who's also like all about space and technology and, right. and whatever, who's the girl who then meets up with George Clooney later in the trailers. Imagine that you ask those questions and you answered that with Tim McGraw. <laughs> I, I think Tim McGraw. <laughs> Tim McGraw, like at every point of the way acts like he like doesn't know what science is. It's it's a, such a bizarre choice. Right. Yeah, it was super weird. Also about the girl. I think her name was Casey. Yeah. Talking about clichés as well. So like in the beginning of the movie, it shows like the scene that's like a mon montage of her at school like eagerly waving her hand and is like call me, call me and like every teacher is just ignoring her as if like she's not doing it. And right. in the montage, it's like every teacher is talking about like how the world is kind of doomed, whether it be like repeating history or climate change or whatever else. And then finally, at the end of the scene, like one of the teachers like, what is it? Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, but how do we fix it? Yeah. So I was going to bring that up, too, because, again, like Ashley said, in that scene, it's every teacher, right? From mm -hmm. like P.E. through history or whatever. Right. <laughs> and then the person who finally I think it is a history class right. or something like that, where eventually she gets called on, which one like. It's supposed to show that how smart she is, right? Right, That in every mm -hmm. class, she's like raising her hand before they've even asked questions. Mm -hmm. That's the worst part. Right. That does not mean that you're smart. Right. That the means you're annoying. That you're, yeah, that means you're annoying. Before you are, it means that you're Tim McGraw's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're already raising your hand before anybody has asked a question, just so you can be like, um, excuse me, but how do we fix it? That is stupid. And something I wrote down about this too Again, that fits in with the cliche, like, right. So you have the issue of, like, George Clooney, Clooney as a child being, like, with science, we can fix anything. Then her, now later, because um, George Clooney is now an adult, and she's the new child, whatever, and she's going to mm -hmm. go meet up with him later. She's the one that's now, like, uh, I understand that we have all these problems, so how do we fix them? Right. Because, like, I'm a go-getter. Right. And, like, I don't want to think about problems that I can't fix. Also, it's just, like, very Disney-fied of, like... But, like, nobody's asking the right question, you know? Like, how how can we change it? Right. Which, I mean, a lot of the things, like, I think they were talking about climate change mm -hmm. when uh, she said, how can we fix it? Mm -hmm. Which, like, I mean, how do you think we fix it? <laughs> like, well, we go back in time. Well, yeah, well, that too. But, <laughs> I mean, that's not the issue. We know how to fix some of it, right? right? We know what we should do. That's not the issue. What I wrote down is that it felt like a Disney version of Ayn Rand. Like, at, like uh, specifically Atlas Shrugged. Right. And so this whole, like, 
if you know anything about Ayn Rand's, like, I mean, if you just read any of the books or know about objectivism or whatever, it's like moral selfishness, that it is moral to be selfish and that, like, we need to, like, praise the, like, 1% of people who actually can do things mm -hmm. and, like, everybody else is worthless. It's like this libertarian, like, jizz in their pants thing of, like, all the billionaires of the world are going to get together and solve all their own problems and live in a utopia. Right. And everybody else is just going to be left to rot on their own because they're not billionaires. So they're mm -hmm. not go-getters and industrious. Right. That is kind of what this feels like. Especially her being like, I understand that all of you sit around and complain, but I'm going to find a way to fix it on my own. Right. You know, like you and Tim and being like really annoying about it too. Yeah. The whole time. <laughs> exactly. Before we uh, move into ratings, I did want to read my favorite quote of the movie. And this is them hurriedly teleporting to France and going to the Eiffel Tower and them running around and then George Clooney going, the Eiffel Tower was never meant to be a monument. It was meant to find another world. It turns out the Eiffel Tower is a rocket ship. I don't remember if it's a rocket ship or a s satellite type thing like not a satellite but like a like a broadcast antenna they took they went to tomorrowland yeah but i think it opened like a portal of some no, sort they like shot up through the air Sean. did they yeah like there's like their faces oh you're there. right because it like it like spreads and opens up and then a rocket it, yeah. the eiffel tower itself is not a rocket right um it like opens up somehow yeah. and then a rocket shoots out of it but here's the other thing you mean to tell me that modern day france does not know that there is a like 20 story deep subterranean bunker under the Eiffel Tower <laughs> that it contains it was never a, meant like, to be a monument, Sean. Right. I also don't know what time period they think that this was built in because they're talking about like a very vast array of scientists back to like Nikola Tesla, which is mm -hmm. like way too early to have rockets right. to space, but then mixed in with like all these more modern people. Mm -hmm. in, I, I don't know. I, I guess they developed a rocket ship. <laughs> That's dumb. It was really dumb. Uh, the robots are dumb that are chasing them throughout this whole thing because, yeah. like, they're, robots play a big theme of this. One of the dumb robots is Keegan-Michael Key. Well, that's a spoiler. No, I mean, Keegan-Michael Key is in it. It is what it is. The fact that he's a robot is a spoiler. Well, I don't know. And Catherine Hahn. Yeah. Well, that, that lasts for, like, two seconds. Yeah. It's literally um, one scene. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> When the robots explode, like after you kill them or whatever, they say crazy enough to imagine over and over again, mm -hmm. like crazy enough to imagine, crazy enough to imagine. <laughs> that is like, what about this movie? Like, who wrote this? Sean, what is this movie about? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I do know, but it would be a spoiler to say. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's about a future society who were literally trying to recruit, I guess, current day like past, I guess in their perspective, past like scientists mm -hmm. to try to fix their problems in advance. Right. And okay. that's like a, that's the least spoiler ridden version of saying that. But like, okay, I will say you just taught me something right now. I didn't really pick up on that. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know how else to say it without giving a lot of spoilers, but that's the whole premise is that Tomorrowland has a lot of issues, but they want people to fix those issues before Tomorrowland comes about. It's very vague on like if Tomorrowland is future Earth or if it's somewhere else. Why, why do you need a rocket ship? Right. There's a lot of things like that that are very confusing. Right. Do you think the first two hours of this movie tell that story? 
uh, in a very roundabout way. <laughs> if you're really paying attention, but it's hard to pay attention because there's so much dumb stuff happening. Right. And it's long. It, dra- it So it drags out. So you mm-hmm. don't really get the full storyline for like two hours. Right. And in between there, you're just watching like the most stereotypic, I'm a scientist that developed a flamethrower mm-hmm. or like an ice flamethrower. I think that's another one that George mm-hmm. Clooney has. Mm-hmm. Like it's ice instead of flame. Like and He's Dr. Freeze now? Basically. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's like those aspects of it. There are some cool things about it. The way they do the like... The pin where they when they touch it, they are transported. Mm-hmm. That could have been cool. Like mm-hmm. they could have come up with a more interesting mechanic for that. That made sense. Mm-hmm. But that's really the only cool part. Some of the visuals are good. Some of the visuals are not good. Mm-hmm. So like I want to say like the wheat field, all that type of stuff that can be pretty visually like stunning, mm-hmm. especially if you were watching it in theaters. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, some of it is also really hokey. Like the robots look like Disney Park. Yeah. Like, people who would be pretending to be robots in Disneyland or right. Disney World. Right. Not even, like, movie Disney robots. Right. Like, they, <laughs> like, you know, people who are literally, like, walking rigid with, like, permanent smiles on their faces and, like, FBI dark sunglasses on. Right. Being like, hello, everything's fine here. <laughs> right. You know, which is a scene Have that a nice happens. day. Yeah, that too. <laughs> like, where they're like... Uh, no need for you, police officers. Like, mm-hmm. I'm here to do this. Really what it should have been, this should not have been a movie. And, and it cost a lot of money. I think we brought this up before. Tomorrowland cost a ton of money because they clearly wanted this to be a new series, not just a movie. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure that in the future, maybe it was going to be like something else continuing with Tomorrowland and like fixing things and like all this other stuff. Because mm-hmm. not a lot of that happens yet. But the issue is that, like, it lost a ton of money and nobody really wanted to see it. So as a movie, this is a complete failure. But what this could have been is a theme park ride, right? Like, this is the storyline of a theme park ride in Tomorrowland in Disney World. Yeah, for sure. That's the level of writing here. Yeah. I mean, imagine that you were in Disney World and there's like a shop and you walk into the shop and you touch a pin and then you mm-hmm. go behind the wall of the shop and you're in Tomorrowland. Mm-hmm. And like, that's what this is. You know, at Universal Studios, how they have like the Despicable Me ride. Right. And how like somebody wrote that storyline, but the storyline is not the quality of a Despicable Me. Right. That's what this is. Right. It should have been a five minute theme park ride, but instead it was a two and a half hour long movie. Well, I agree with that. So that said, what are you rating it? We were able to drink to it. Um, probably not the funnest drinking movie that we've mm-hmm. done, but especially because of how long it was. Uh, I'm going to give it a like 38. Okay. I think it was like not particularly great. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't funny enough. It mm-hmm. Like if it was bad, if Nicolas Cage was George Clooney, <laughs> <laughs> clearly I would have been won over and this would have been a great movie. But right. uh, because it was George Clooney, I just don't know. I'm giving it a 12. Wow. That's really low. <laughs> I hated it. Like, I didn't enjoy a single second of it. Yeah. It, yeah. I, that's, I don't really have much follow-up on that other than it was such a bad movie, like a boring movie, and it wasn't bad enough to enjoy. Right. That's that was my point, too. Yeah. yeah. So I'm at a 12. Mixed in with scenes like the Eiffel Tower becoming a rocket. Right. <laughs> which is really, really dumb. I really enjoyed that scene. Probably my favorite scene in the movie. <laughs> right. Okay. So next movie night is your night. It is what we got so it's not country bears but i will say 
I kind of wish we had paired Country Bears <laughs> instead of Tomorrowland. That'll come at some point in time. Yeah, there's no way we're not watching Country we Bears. We need to find a perfect pairing for that. So it's a movie that I've already alluded to uh, a couple weeks ago, and I've talked about it before. So this pairing is going to be Clue and Battleship. Ah, I'm so excited. So uh, I felt like this is a good time to continue the theme of like, you know, so we had like theme park rides and like yeah. now we have board games. Yeah, I love it. So uh, Fun Booth and Cellular, that's that's pretty close too. So we're going to keep with that theme. Clue, of course, is the good movie. Battleship is the bad movie. Battleship, in my memory, came out like three years ago. Battleship came out in like 2012. Yeah. <laughs> we looked that up and we were both very surprised. Yeah. I remember seeing the, the trailer for this because I thought... So here's the thing. At that point in time when I saw this, I thought that it was going to be an Independence Day sequel. Right. And then they're like, brought to you by Hasbro. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, and it, it was Battleship. Which, you know, then you groan about it or whatever. Little did I know that then they would have an Independence Day sequel, but much later. Uh, which probably wasn't was much better than uh, <laughs> than Battleship. Uh, but this movie is loaded um, from Rihanna. I'm really excited to watch some Rihanna. Yeah, all the way up to... Um, Who became a billionaire today, by the way? Really? Mm-hmm. Huh, well, that it leads all the way up to who should be a billionaire, which is Jesse Plemons. <laughs> I, I really hope Jesse Plemons, his con- career continues to Sean's grow. Sean's going to wear like an Eat the Rich shirt except for Jesse Plemons. <laughs> like, just give, for Jesse more Plemons. Mo- <laughs> just give him more money. <laughs> we need to make that shirt. It should literally say Eat the Rich except for Jesse Plemons. <laughs> I don't even know if Jesse Plemons is rich. I mean, he. okay, now I have to look it up. I'm sure he is. How much he's, money do you think he's worth? Uh, more than me, but... Oh, really? You think he might be more than you? <laughs> <laughs> from Like Mike to Battleship, he might be more worth more than you. Why did you say from Like Mike to Battleship? Because, I mean, he went from Like Mike to Battleship. Yeah, that's not a very good leap. Yeah, I mean... And he could have peppered, gotten with one of his better, like, more recent films. Peppered in to be nominated for an Emmy. He was in The Master. <laughs> oh, I forgot he was in The Master. I hated that movie. Jesse Plemons, net worth i mean it's in the millions of course but like i don't know how much <laughs> what do you think it is i really hope it's like a hundred thousand dollars but <laughs> i don't know no you have to say a number sean um 10 million dollars that's annoying it's eight yeah. i just like i didn't know that you could be like a very well-known actor and be less worth less than like 30 million dollars yeah i mean a lot of them are mm. like people who are a-list actors a lot of them that's still a lot of money actually is it yeah, for Jesse Plemons. Yeah. He's only a year older than you. Yeah. It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird. That's what I was saying. And to think that this came out in 2012, that means he was pretty young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Jesse yeah. Plemons getting paid, who knows how much, $300,000 to be in Battleship in 2012. We'll have to look up later how much Jesse Plemons got paid for Battleship. It can't be much. I bet Rihanna got paid the highest. Or... Um... The guy who is, he was in Lost, and he was in Hawaii Five O. Now that I'm saying this, he might not be in Battleship. He might just be in Hawaii Five O. Oh. Isn't Battleship kind of Hawaii Five O? No. Like the reboot? Mm-mm. Okay, Battleship cast. Battleship is about an alien attack. What? Aliens again? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm God pretty sure. Damn it. I hate alien movies. I think... So I don't remember if like that is not what Battleship is about when you're playing it. <laughs> uh, well, there is fighting in uh, the game Battleship, but no, it has Taylor Kitsch in it. I think 
I can't remember. I I, I think an alien ship comes yeah, out of the says, ocean. Yeah, it says there's alien invaders. God, are I, they from the sky why? or the ocean? Uh, they blah, 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 blah. they've arrived on Earth, so I don't know. It just seems like the Navy would be the least effective way to fight, like, alien spaceships, unless you're talking about, like, aircraft carriers. I'm just so annoyed right now. Yeah, well. Liam Neeson's in this movie? I forgot about that. I think it was supposed to be, like, a big movie, but I I know it got bad reviews. Yeah, the guy I'm thinking about was just in Hawaii (laughs) Five-0. That means Liam Neeson was probably the highest paid person in this. He's, like, accredited, like, ninth he might have still been nice he only made it one thing above jesse plemons yeah but he probably got paid five jesse plemons is worth yeah how much link ladders in this that's good wow well i'm not happy about having to watch another alien movie yeah but before that you get to watch clue which is a fantastic movie it's my one of my favorites yeah it's very good yes i am very excited about clue have we watched clue together yep yeah i thought we did Mm -hmm. pretty early i found it on dvd we watched it on because DVD. Because of me? Yeah, you bought it for me, right? I think so. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm really excited about that. Not excited about an alien movie, but hopefully it'll be good, bad. I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be laughably good. I like, hope so. Laughably bad, I mean. You're really good at picking bad movies, so I'll put some faith in you. Yeah, I'd try. Uh, the Secret, Jesse Plemons, <laughs> <laughs> Nick Cage. How long is this movie? Uh, probably a little long, but I think Clue's pretty short. It's two hours and 11 minutes. That's okay. Yeah, it won't be too bad. It's not going to be great, but, you know. It'll be all right. (laughs) Okay. Well, until next time. Yeah. See ya. See you then. 